And a good Wednesday morning to you, and welcome into Darren, Donick, and Chase here on ESPN. 1025 The Game. Got a loaded show for you today. Joe Rex Road in the on deck circle. Joe, get your bat. Get out in the on deck circle. 1015. We'll talk uh, a lot of stuff with Joe from the Athletic because he does a lot of stuff for the Athletic. He is the columnist for them. Nick Suss in the second hour. We'll talk about the opponent for Vanderbilt on Saturday night in Oxford. He does a really good job of covering Ole Miss for the Clarion Ledger, and we've talked to him in the past. He does a a great job, and we can ask him about A.J. Brown, too, what he thinks about the start for him for the Titans. Certainly, we've talked about Simmons and Brown with him after the Titans took him in the draft. Uh, Tim Hasselback, his weekly chat with us at noon, and also Chris Mason, weekly chat with us at 1 o'clock, talking about the Predators opening up their season tomorrow night at home against the Wild. The Wild, a team that everybody is picking last in the division. Been a while since we've said that. In fact, I don't know when's the last time everybody was picking the Wild to finish last in the division. That is the case. We'll see how it all plays out. Darren McFarland, that's me. Willie Donick. Good morning. That's him. Chase McAbe. Nashville, what's up? That's him. Max Hers behind the glass. Morning, boys. Hi, Max. Hi, Chase. And his crew. Hi, crew. Is that is that your crew or a leftover crew? Uh, Jason is my crew and a leftover. Okay. All right. <laughs> you got Just stragglers. Look, he's even got an L for leftover. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Uh, first game in the books, MLB playoffs. Crazy, crazy finish. Crazy hair from... Josh Hader, man, that dude. Can you get a little bit of a cut or don't 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 do that. What? What's wrong with the long hair? Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's a good look. But anyway, you sound like get off my lawn guy. What What's, do you see the Dodgers take them out? A couple of their guys. Yeah, you see. You see the last time he's had a little touch up. I'm telling you, man. Josh Hader is short compared to. Really? He's a lot less loud compared to Ginger Guard, too. Just wait till you see yeah. Ginger Guard go yeah. out there. You ever seen this guy? Dustin May. Dustin May. Well, or he's Tony. got flowing locks. Okay. Red. I mean, red, red. Okay. And well, then there's Tony Gonsolin. I don't know if he's going to pitch, but he looks a little bit like uh, Kenny Powers. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Kenny Powers yeah. from uh, the HBO show? Okay. Yeah, so just get ready. There's some guys that like to flow the lettuce. Well, it's going to be Dodgers and Nationals after the rookie. Grisham just had a Bill Buckner moment in the outfield, in right field. And the Nationals look like they were dead. The Brewers jump out to a 3 nothing lead. It's 3-1 in the eighth. Josh Hader is on the mound. He's a lefty, a lefty-on-lefty scenario. The young 20-year-old. Juan Soto, just a routine single, overplayed it. I don't know uh, what he was doing. Maybe it had a funky spin to it, but it got by him. And the next thing you know, the Nationals, with bases loaded, plated three runs. Yeah, it, it happened so fast, right? There's two outs and one man on. And you got Hader up there. You're thinking, okay, Brewers are right where they want to be. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman hit a shattered bat single, which got a little lucky, right? Anthony Rendon had a tremendous at bat, 
to draw a walk to get the bases loaded. Then Soto crushes one. Lefty on lefty, 97-mile-an-hour fastball. He pulls it and rips it. Uh, the kid, as you mentioned, Grisham, he's sprinting in on an angle because he's trying to cut off the tying run, which was probably the mistake. You have to think about it before the ball is hit. Is this do or die? You don't lose the game if the guy scores from second. So you can't do what he did, which was he took the he took the wrong angle. He overran it. As you said, there's probably a little spin on the ball he doesn't read. The ball kind of kicks back a little bit towards left cent- or towards right center. And the next thing you know, he's he's overrun the ball. And it's more or less game over because the base is clear. So And what was Juan Soto doing on the base pads? What what was that? Uh well, you could argue I will. that the play is to draw the throw. Draw the throw over there because he knows that means the run scores from third. But it's not a smart play. The, the run was going to score anyway. I think that's a bit of a stretch. Did they even show what happened? Like, we didn't even get the full story. Right? We just saw him getting tagged out. There was a missing piece of the replays, I felt I, like. I didn't think they covered that play very well yeah. uh, on the telecast. I was disappointed. Yeah. I thought they should have showed a little bit more. I would have liked to have seen different angles as to why... Tell Grisham me why he read the ball. They went straight into commercial. They went straight yeah. to the commercial. And then the next thing you know, they come out of the commercial and the pitch is being thrown. That's a classic example. There's too many commercials in the in the well, postseason. It screws up the game. I, yeah. I just I don't like TBS's coverage. It's, it's a network and presumably a production crew that did what, five MLB games this year? They yeah. apparently do Sunday afternoons. They, they do for some the last games month. that nobody ever watches. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's it's not good. I mean, I love Ron Dowling and Jeff Francoeur. I thought they were good. Ernie Johnson is not my favorite play-by-play guy. He doesn't do games all year. It kind of shows he does all right considering that. But And they have Brian Anderson, who's amazing, and the Brewers announcer, too, who will do yeah. one of the division series, but I guess it'll be Johnson doing the NLCS. I don't know. I'm excited for StatCast tonight, though. What do you guys think of their <laughs> post-game coverage? It's okay. Uh I, I didn't get to watch I the post game. It's the, it, I'm not a big fan of Casey Stern. I don't, I don't like to get on announcers because I'm sure people are out there watching. Like, well, what? who but are you? But know, we've praised. I don't like yeah, watching you. Praised either. in the past. I mean, so we can yeah. say we don't. Want, I mean, I don't know. I just don't. I don't love the. I like Jimmy Rollins. Pretty good. Mind Jimmy Rollins. I thought it was a good debate. Yeah, the debate Gary, was pretty Gary good. Sheffield saying, uh, you know, Lorenzo Cain could have come up throwing and try to throw the guy out at third, yep. going first to third, and Jimmy Rollins makes the point that that's not. The run that matters, mm-hmm. keeping the tying run off a second is what matters. That was good baseball discussion. Yeah, but Sheffield was like, "But I know I I can get him. I know if I have a good arm, I can get that guy." And the inning is over. But uh, it's just amazing how a game can turn. the The intensity of a one game, this is it. The crowd was amazing, and then all of a sudden, Grandall hits the homer in the first inning, and the crowd goes from just frenzy, like cheering, shares are on. He's throwing ninety eight, ninety nine, and then boom. The place just goes dead silent. It was intense. Mm-hmm. Think about how much heartbreak those national fans have seen over the years. Yeah. I mean, it has been one heartbreak after another since they got good. And they finally had a moment where they flip it around. Because it looked what, bad for them. What are Bryce Harper's thinking? You do wonder. Is Maybe he's on he the golf may, course? Yeah, as I say, he probably doesn't. Well, he doesn't care because he's got more money than he'll never know what to do with. But he could have stayed. Could have stayed. I, I think would they're they better would, off. Would they be in this position? 
It's a good question. I think they're better off without him. I'd to say be honest they with may you. not be in this position. I agree. I, I, I'm not sure they're they're better with him. Pat Corbin will pitch game one for them. I saw that this morning. That's coming. Yeah, up. because they used yeah, they, they, they used, used both the, the Scherzer and Strasburg, which is an interesting part of the strategy to go with those guys back to back because that's the weakness. And then Daniel Hudson, who has never been a closer right. throughout his career, all of a sudden is trying to protect a one-run lead. That's how desperate the Nationals' bullpen got at one point, but he's, he's gotten hot. I'll be curious to see if he can continue to close games. He was a little shaky. That kid, uh, a Josh Hader lookalike, Gamble, mm-hmm. Ben Gamble, came within. He was close to knocking it out there. Yep. He took the guy back to the warning track with two outs. I'll tell you what, you can see why the Brewers have been to postseason back-to-back years, which is the first time since, what, the 80s they've done that? Yeah. Craig Council, I, I, I get it. Hearing him post-game, press conference, and just doing the one-on-one interview, like you, you can see why they've been successful under him. I, I just like his demeanor. I just like the way he is. It's unbelievable that they made it. Yeah. I, I, don't how, I don't know how they did it. Honestly. I can when see they hired, how they respond to him. When they hired him, I was like, well, that, that's the best you can do. And, and he kind of started, and maybe he didn't start it, but he was part of that trend of these former players that were good players, decent players, but not the, the superstars becoming managers. Yeah. Sometimes those done, guys make the, yeah. the best managers. Right. Yeah, but he, so, He's done a good job. To say, but he's been some pretty big games in his yeah. career. He's, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He had a good – he, he, he played for a long time. He was solid. He played for a long played time. Played for a long time. Yeah. He wasn't just like some just utility guy. And I didn't – and I wasn't saying that. I just yeah. – he, he wasn't the superstar guy. Right. Yeah. But he's you're probably seeing, better than a lot of – like a lot of managers. If you look at their playing career, it's not all that great. You know, his, like, his is probably better than some, right? Yeah, but like Don Mattingly well has been a decent manager, but he hasn't, you know, blown the doors off yeah. of it. Well, we talk about this in sports a lot, right? In all sports, the better the player, sometimes the worse the the coach well, or the manager. Yeah. That's the way it works. Yeah, I mean, it's not in more cases that, that right? Not yeah. always, but there's been some great, great players that were not great coaches. But uh, the Brewers, think about this: they had. Josh Hader was not as good as he was last year. Still had a good year, but he just was not quite the same. It would have been hard to be as well, good as he was last year. Well, said he had no slider last night. No. You no could slider. tell. he was. I, I don't know if he was going to be able to close out the ninth, even if he got through the eighth, because he was, he was laboring. They had the kid that started last night, Brandon Woodard from Mississippi State, missed two months, right? And he had only thrown, what, four games? He made the all-star team and then pitched four games after that. And he could only go four innings last night. You have the situation with your best player, Christian Yelich, gets hurt. Ryan Braun's not the same player he used to be, yep. hurt all the time. They, they just they still, they still did figured it. out a Went way to get in there. and 10 yeah. without those guys. Down the stretch. Pretty impressive. The problem is the Nationals have been blazing hot, too, down the stretch. So you had two really hot teams yep. in Nationals advance. You think the Nationals Brewers have a chance against the Dodgers? I think they have a better I, chance than I, the Brewers. A lot have. of people are saying that, but I, I just feel like the Dodgers have been on the doorstep two years in a row, and I just think they know how to get there, and they're on a mission to not be the Buffalo Bills. Just keep going to the World Series every year. And I know it's a football reference, but they don't want to be – they don't want to get the tag of getting to the World Series every year and never win. Or, quite honestly, at least though your Braves won. But, I mean, that was the knock, right? It's like, geez, the Braves yeah. had like a 14-year window, and he came away with one? Where it's her, but you got one. I'm saying right now the Dodgers haven't gotten any. So right. 
I just think they're on a mission. And I, I saw them first. Maybe it's just me because I saw them. I didn't see the Nationals. Up, I, I watched the Dodgers this year at Coors Field, and they're ridiculous. I mean, their lineup is just ridiculous. It comes in waves, and I don't know how you're going to stop that. They got the pitching. They certainly have the hitting and the offense. Um, I like their manager. I just I don't buy it. But people are picking the Nationals to say this could be a this could be the upset. They can beat the Dodgers. I don't buy it. I, I think it'll be a, a fun series. I mean, it's one that I could see going five for sure. But I think the Dodgers are the better team. The, look, the the playoffs are just going to be fun in general. You have a lot of good clubs that have made it, and they're going to they're going to make this interesting. I think a lot of people have the Astros penciled in for the American League, and probably the Dodgers for the National League, but. You know, the Braves and Cardinals, that's going to be a good series um, with the same umpire that was a part of the infield fly thing from 2012. Mm. But um, So you have that, and then now the Nats and the Dodgers, and then on the American League side as well. So I think this is one of those Octobers where you may have it penciled in of how it should be, and it doesn't turn out that way. And tonight it's the Rays and the A's in Oakland. Yay. Rays and A's. And a lot of former sounds. Yep. will be on the in the spotlight for the A's, including the pitcher, Sean Manaya, who was lights out. Remember last year when we had Jeff Hem on? Mm-hmm. When he got the he got the call to to come up and yes. call uh, a couple of games. Yep. The one game, the first game he did was, was a Sean Manaya game, yep. and he was just starting to hit his stride. When he was with the Sounds, he was kind of a raw guy that was still trying to find it. He was just hitting his stride. Then he had a bad shoulder injury last year. He missed almost the whole year, but he came back down the stretch and pitched really well. And then you've got Charlie Morton, who is a very seasoned postseason guy been very good. for the Rays. He's the best they have yep. uh, to offer in terms of you know the whole package of experience and stuff. I, I think that's going to be a really good game. A really good game. I can't Rays wait to watch that. Rays and A's tonight on 94.9 Game 2. If you're driving around, out and about, and you want to listen to it, there you go, 94-9, game two tonight. We'll come back. Joe Rexroad, who is the columnist for The Athletic. We'll talk uh, a lot of local stuff with him. On the other side, Darren Donick and Chase, ESPN, 102.5, the game. Hall and Oates? All right. Back here on Darren Donick and Chase. It's good tune. Joe Rexroad, did Joe request this? Okay, very nice. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Max Joe. Is, he's, he's giving me the nod, yes. Yeah. Joe Rexroad from The Athletic. Rexy, what's up? Max is my guy. Max is my guy. <laughs> hey, I, 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 you guys obviously have not checked out my Twitter bio. I have the, the, the number on my Twitter bio is the hotline. It's the Hall & Oates hotline. So you call the number on my Twitter bio, and you will get a Hall & Oates song every time to make you feel better about your day. Did you put two quarters in the jukebox? <laughs> or did you just tell Max, hey, man, I need you to – Slide me 50 cents and, and make that happen. G27. Uh, <laughs> G27. Very nice. I, I'm intrigued, though, Joe, how deep does the library go? Because I, I have I had several of the, the albums, you know, for Hall & Oates. Do, are you going Let's out to the fringes, or is it just like greatest Let's hits? Let's not do that. Is it just greatest hits? I just, that, just one simple question. Yeah, I'm not going to lie and say I'm like a deep cut guy, you know. <laughs> like, I'm, I, you know. <laughs> Pretty much with the hits on those guys. So greatest hits. Okay, that's nothing wrong with that. I went, went to the show though. Went to the show at Bridgestone and brought my daughter. That was her first concert. Was Tears for Fears and Hall and Oates a couple wow. years ago. Oh, Impressive. I went. To, I was there. I was at that one. That was a good yeah. one. Yeah, Tears Impressive. for Fears. That was. Good. Yeah. 
Tell us about the stadium you were in on Sunday. I mean, I have not had a chance to take it in yet, and I desperately want to, and I will in the very near future. Uh, I was unable to get down there. I would have gone to that game, but what what is that palace like? I mean, it's, yeah, it's great. It's a it's a really nice place. They did a great job with it. I still like. I still think the Georgia Dome was pretty nice, but um, you know, Atlanta turns it over fast, man. But uh, yeah, it's it's great. I mean the the ring uh, video board at you know, very unique and very awesome. And uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, I, I, they've got the big window, which is somewhat reminiscent of Lucas Lucas Oil. Obviously, they can open it up and. Of course, they also have, you know, concessions that are actually, you know, reasonable, which is hopefully a trend a lot of other people get in on. But, yeah, it's a great place. It wasn't a great atmosphere because, you know, a lot of those Falcons fans are staying away, and most of the ones who were in there Sunday were booing at some point. Yeah. No, I I just was curious because we didn't bring you on to talk about the stadium, but, I mean, you've had the the renderings come out. They've kind of – this. This group, they just keep slipping things out there, a name, and, oh, by the way, here's some rent. It's just like they're kind of giving us little little breadcrumbs. They're kind of leaving them on a trail, and we're following this trail of MLB possibly to Nashville, and, and the latest trail was the renderings of a, you know this retractable, beautiful tract, retractable roof and everything that comes with that in the area and right next to Nissan Stadium. And, I, you know, I was just wondering what you thought about that and – and uh, is anything have you changed on that front at all? I mean, the renderings are beautiful. It looks awesome. I don't see how it's realistic, you know. But at this point, but no, I, I mean, I appreciate the work done. And if that could be reality, I think it'd be amazing down there. You know, just there, there's a lot of a lot of steps from the rendering to reality that I just don't see how uh, they, you know they get made. But maybe I'm a curmudgeon on this. Has anything changed in your mind on the the stadium part? I mean, because it does. If that were to ever happen, I mean, it would look not be a good look for that beautiful ballpark. Be if Nissan Stadium was just as is, you know, that would it would not fit. So, have, has anything changed in your mind on that front? On the Nissan Stadium front, yeah, yeah. What what do you think is the right thing to do? Well. I think that, you know, certainly when you talk about the World Cup, I think pretty soon here, and, and I know that FIFA is very, you know, hey, they're not, they're not clear. They don't communicate clearly. I mean, I think, you know, you talk to Nashville, you know, leaders, and that's clear. It's not like other things you're pursuing. But I think it's fairly clear that they expect some pretty significant upgrades and and some plans for that to be, detailed pretty soon um but i don't everything that i'm getting from the titans is you know it's you know it's about improving that place and there's not much thought given to the idea of this this great brand new stadium now i I would love to to see a place like that here and of course we've talked about this so many things would be able to come into town that otherwise probably won't be you know considered but you know, then you then we get to the question of financing. I think that's really w- what it's about. And so my guess right now is that it's going to be Nissan improved. How much? What what can you do? How much can you change it? I, I don't know, but that's still going to cost money as well. But obviously, nothing like 
you know, this brand-new stadium idea. They protected Mariota on Sunday. No sacks. Taylor Luan is back in the mix. You've got the rookie third-round pick, Davis, finally seeing his first action. Overall, do you feel like this offensive line, after a shaky start, maybe getting uh, their stuff together and this it could look more like this the rest of the way or at least a whole lot better than uh, the first three games, in your opinion? Yeah, I think so, but I still think back, guys, to think back to like Baltimore last year with Taylor Lewan on the field, you know, and, and what did he get sacked eleven times in that game or whatever? It seemed like it was, it was every other. No, play. it was eleven. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, but, but I do think. I mean, look, they had a great game Sunday, and I think the overall start. I mean, look, I don't know that there's going to be a worse one-on-one matchup for or against the Titans than Jameel Douglas against Calais Campbell. You know. <laughs> And and you know with Taylor Lewan back, now you can you can shift your help. Now it, it's harder to help interior guys. You can only do so much. You use a back. I mean, you know, you move the pocket, things like that. But I don't think we'll see much, if anything, like that again. Now there's going to be you know the Titans are going to be done chipping for the left tackle and Dennis Kelly. It's, it's great to have a Dennis Kelly there, but he's not Taylor Lewan. So I would think that it would be better. And, and a lot of that is Nate Davis. You know, I thought. I don't know. I thought he looked fine for his first game. You know, they rotated him. They might do that again Sunday. I think eventually that'll be his job. But, you know, if he can keep growing, then this offensive line, you know, a few weeks from now could be considerably better than it was, you know, during this stretch without Lawan. Joe Rexroad is with us from The Athletic. And, Joe, uh, this Buffalo defense, the numbers look really good. And it was pretty impressive what they did to the Patriots. Now, the other, the other opponents they've had have not been great, but the defense looks like their calling card. How good is it? Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, they've had, for one thing, they've kind of had, you know, Brady's number, and they, they've, you know, made those games ugly and really bothered him and, you know, turned him over. And, I mean, but, you know, it's also, remember what Tom Brady looked like in Nissan Stadium last year. He's still prone to looking his age at times, but, I do think it's a really good defense. I mean, you think back to last year, you know, 13 to 12, uh, with the Titans flying high three and one, and it's like, okay, they're going to go in and hammer the Bills, and here they go. And, and that uh, the Bills were really, really impressive in that game. They've got a lot of good players on defense. Um, you know, it's I do think that they maybe aren't great in the back end, and I think that's where you know the Titans have to probably pass to run again in this game. You know, that was the plan against Atlanta. Atlanta was geared up to stop Derrick Henry. The Titans, you know, went play action right away and, and got big windows. And, of course, A.J. Brown makes a big play after the catch. And I think it's got to be the same kind of thing, you know. Get it to those outside guys and see if you can get a second straight game like that from your receivers. You know, that aspect of this offense to me is you, you don't want to overreact. But I, I do see the possibility of that becoming a more consistent thing. And then how much does that help Henry and Mariota in this offense? I mean, I think that's a big emphasis is to, you know, for a lot of guys to be consistent, but especially those two receivers, I really think they might have something. Joe, uh, I want to get your opinion on the Tennessee situation because after the bye week, there's just been a lot of, a lot of discussion They've got Georgia, and the outlook is, is kind of grim for, the, for that game with how good Georgia is. Maybe they'll surprise everybody. It's got everybody speculating, though, on 
Jeremy Pruitt, there's some people that have already made up their mind that he's just not he's not the guy. So what do they do? And then they've got this whole thing where people have theorized, well, maybe just Philip Fulmer needs to go in there. So what what's real? What's realistic? What's the best route for them to go with with this situation? Well, I'll say this, Willie. There are people who cover college football who I know pretty well who don't just throw stuff at the wall, who are being told by some level of reliable source that that's at least some level of discussion. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of dismissing of Adam Rittenberg's thing this week, and, and I, can't, um, I can't believe it would be reality that Philip Fulmer would think of installing himself. But Pete Thamel a couple weeks ago, I mean, there are some people saying things like this. Now, is it Fulmer himself? No. Um, but <laughs> I, I guess I can't rule it out. But to me... If you're Tennessee and you seriously think about firing this guy in year two, I want to ask you who, what big-time coach is going to want to come work for you? Uh, and that's, you know, that's a question that, that I keep playing over and over in my head. Like, who, who wants to come to this place if that's what happens? I mean, it's, a, it's a really bad start to year two, but if that's, Really, how you're going to operate? Who, who wants to come? Who wants to come work for Philip Fulmer in that situation? Is Philip Fulmer a long-term fix-it coach? No. So I just, to me, I am still 95% sure Jeremy Pruitt is going to be the head coach week one of next year, um, barring something dramatic off the field. 95%. Ninety-five percent. I don't know about you. Don't regret that one. Ninety-five percent. That's a little lofty, a little steep. Joe, let me say this though: with the whole Philip Fulmer thing, think about how he got the job in nineteen ninety-two, and think about how he became athletic director. It just that that yeah. stuff doesn't go away. So to say that you know he he might not be the guy and put himself in that position to be the coach, I Joe. I brought up two weeks ago, and don't think I haven't had conversations with people. I brought there's a reason I brought it up two weeks ago. Don't think for a minute yeah. Phil Fulmer isn't seeing Mac Brown and Les Miles and Herm Edwards do what they do and think he could be doing the same thing. Okay, ninety five percent. I'm just okay. telling you, hey. you'll 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 probably need to dial that down because I. I would be stunned if you're right at 95%. Stick to your guns, Joe. Hey, Stick to your guns. Hey, 5% is still counts as wiggle room, right? <laughs> I and mean, I still have 5% of wiggle room. <laughs> hey, do you have a couple more minutes on the other side? Or do you have yeah. to go? Okay. More no, with, I, yeah, I got a more minutes. Yeah. More with Joe Rexroad on the other side, columnist for The Athletic here on Darren Donick and Chase, ESPN 1025 The Game. Our weekly chat with Tim Hasselback coming up at high noon. Chris Mason, also weekly chat with him. Wednesdays at 1. Predators kick off their season tomorrow at home against the Wild. The NHL kicks off their season tonight. How about the last two defend, or the last two Stanley Cup champs? They face off against each other tonight. Washington and St. Louis. We're 95% sure Joe Rexroad is back on the line with us from The Athletic. I, I think the song gives it away. Because I think we just need to Actually, name you know our what? segment. You're hey, right. Hey, Joe. 100% yeah. that he's back with us. It's a good – I think we just need to introduce all questions with, hey, Joe, what do you think about that? <laughs> and it won't be, where are you going with the gun in your hand? Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> so, Joe, let's ask about uh, Vanderbilt. A lot of people from, the, from out in the hinterlands – away from SEC country would never think 
this this might be the biggest the what lands the hinterlands <laughs> okay the biggest swing game in the season for each of these programs but when you look at the outlook for the loser of this game it doesn't look good in terms of trying to get to a bowl game with Ole Miss playing in the West and the schedule they play and Vanderbilt it's kind of like if you, if you can't if you're not going to beat Ole Miss you're going to have to win one in there somewhere that doesn't look good on paper or looks worse than this so I this is a really intriguing matchup in Oxford on Saturday. Hey, Joe. Is he not there? <laughs> Do we not have Joe? Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. Sorry, guys. Did you, I was did... listening, but I was on mute. I put myself on mute, and I was making coffee. <laughs> I was like, you're messing with me because I said 100%, aren't you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay, to go back to what I was start, starting to say there. Uh, yeah, actually, I'm in the middle of a column on this game because I, I really think it's, I mean, maybe I'm being a little uh, hyperbolic here. I think it's one of the biggest games of Derek Mason's tenure. And I, and I do because I look at this and how it fits into the season, and I agree with you. I mean, I mean you know, they, they could maybe, you know, the last three games, major opportunity for Vanderbilt, of course, um, you know, ETSU at home, but but you know you got uh, you know Kentucky and you got you go to Tennessee, and but, but I think if they lose this game, you know they they are projecting to be two and seven entering that stretch, and and then if that happens, and I've been a lot of talk already about you know can the fans get engaged with this team? Can they get any kind of a um, you know an atmosphere? Can people? Because I think this team is is an exciting and potentially good team. But if you lose this one, you know, I think you're losing people. And then you're kind of looking at, I mean, you know, Missouri at South Carolina at Florida, you'd have to steal one of those. Not impossible, but I feel like this is an opportunity that you really have to take advantage of. And um, it just, after that start against Northern Illinois guys, they just, they just really struggled after that. And, uh, Things have got to get a lot better in a, in a short period of time here. Joe Rexrode from The Athletic here with us on Darren Donick and Chase talking all things Nashville sports. And, Joe, opening night tomorrow uh, for the Nashville Predators as they take on the Minnesota Wild. And your thoughts on the roster? They have one roster spot open. It looks like they're going to start the season with 22 and a couple of names, Mika Salamaki, uh, Freddie Gaudreau being sent to Milwaukee, did not make this opening night roster. Were you uh, a little surprised by that, or do you think that what they have uh, with this 22 was the way to go? Uh, well, I'm not surprised by Gaudreau. I mean, you know, Salamaki is always an interesting case. I appreciate him. I know Peter Laviolette appreciates him. You know, I mean, Adam Vingan may be a Salamaki hater, uh, but, you know, I, th- I, think he, uh, I think he has been, you know, a useful player in his role. But David Poyle has talked about, um, you know, about the importance of, of offense and finding more offense and emphasizing that. And so I, I guess it's not that surprising to me. You know, I think Daniel Carr is certainly a, an interesting guy on this team. It's going to be interesting to see how he fits in and if, you know, if he can make a difference. Um, and, you know, then moving forward, I still, you know, I still, I, I really think that, Ellie Tolvin, and I know I've been, you know, on the Tolvin and train way too early watching him on the big ice in Korea, but I still, I think that guy's moving in the right direction here to, you know, put himself in position at some point. 
Yeah, and I think this is the deepest that this team has been in a long time. I mean, the, the Admirals roster right now is pretty stacked. So that they're going to have some options as you know guys get hurt or whatever you know over the course of an 82-game season. But uh, I am interested to see how the pieces that they've put in place work on the power play. It's looked good in the uh, in the preseason so far. Dan Lambert has brought in some new ideas. They're using one defenseman. What have you made of the power play so far? Yeah, it looks different. No question. And obviously, you know, they're they're going one D and they're and they're it's not everything from the point and everything that people were complaining about last year. And I still think that last year it should have been better and it, I think that you know, it got to be such a discussion point that I think it got mental. And you know, I just think if, if they can be around middle of the league, which I think is certainly realistic given the players they have you know, think about what that does for your bottom line. I think it could be significant. So I, I'm excited to see how that looks, and I'm really intrigued by you know the top two lines um, and the way it looks like they'll look here. You know, with obviously Forsberg down with Deshane and Granlin, and everyone's excited about Granlin. Um, and then what does that top line look like? Is it Tourist? Is it Smith? I mean, do we know yet? I mean, I, I assume that. It's we've seen both. Turris is going to get a shot. We've seen both. It just seems to me like this is, you know, Cal Turris, this is a chance to see if you can, you know, get him going early. And uh, so I, it just, it's already, you're already excited about the start of a season, but that in particular really makes me interested to watch this team in the early going. The thing that I look at with this team, Joe, and I'll see if you agree with me on this is, I think they've been good for the last few years, but they've they've done a lot of the same things. You've had the Jofa line that has been set in place, and Peter Laviolette has been reluctant to break it up because he knows that it works. You you've had a power play that has basically gone unchanged, and now you have done you know taken steps to change both of those things. PK Subban was a big part of this team; he's gone now. You're putting a lot of trust in Dante Fabro. I think change is good, and I think that that's what this group needed. They needed a little bit of a shakeup, nothing major. But it's going to be just enough that I think it takes them further than they than they've been. No, I agree. I, I absolutely agree, and I know it's hard to to break up that line because they've been so reliable. But everybody knows you you've got to have two you feel good about in the postseason, and I think this is this is the most sensible way to try to manufacture that. And so I you know I, I think that makes sense. And you got to have some individuals. You know, you got to have a yarn croak have a better year. You know, you want Smith to continue, um, you know, to play well. You know, there's a lot of guys on this team that individually, you know, are important. I also, though, I like the, I like the mindset that the Predators are able to enter this season with. You know, there's not a ton of talk about them in the West. I guess I was kind of surprised. Five people at the Athletic picked them to win the West. I wouldn't have guessed it would have been that many of our hockey writers, but. You know, it's still, it feels like it's a little bit less of a high-pressure situation for these guys going into the season, and I think that'll be good. I really do. I think, uh, you know, this is a, still a really, really good team that, if things break well, can, can contend to win a cup. All right, last thing. Titans are favored by three over the Bills on Sunday, a place where they went last year and had the unfortunate drop and lost to Buffalo. Buffalo's coming off their first loss of the season to New England this is the the you know a Titans team. It seems like the minute you get really excited, they let you down. So is this? They keep things rolling and they get up over five hundred, or is this prime for another letdown? How do you see this one playing out at Nissan? Well, I think 
I think even if they win, I don't know if we'll come away from it saying they're rolling because they'll probably win like sixteen to thirteen. <laughs> and it might but be that might be the best got, way to win the game. Well, I was gonna say, what right? is Buffalo giving up? Yeah. 13, 14 points a game. That's it. Yeah, and the, and the and the Titans fifteen and a half. So I think it's gonna. I mean, it's, it, it would be easy to imagine that kind of game. But I, I do. I think they'll win. They should win. And, uh, you know, then, then I think it almost sets up. And if they don't, then, of course, it will go back to, oh, gosh, you just can't trust them. If they do win as they should, then it goes back to it'll be like last year's trip to Buffalo going to Denver, a team that looks like it's completely toast. You know, that to me is then that's the next step. Can you go handle a team like that now that you've got a little bit of success stacked up? So we'll see. We will see. Thanks for doing this. Really appreciate it. Okay, guys. Thanks for having me. He's Joe Rexroad. His work can be found at The Athletic. Back to wrap up the first hour. And here in the near future, I'm going to say the second hour. I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you the heads up. The second hour, we a chance to that. win WWE tickets. And we're going to make you earn it. We're going to make you call in a little trivia. We're going to have everybody. We'll just, we'll just get to that in hour number two. Okay, we'll do a little trivia. But we'll come back and close that hour number one next. With not a ton of changes on the team, but Duchesne is, is a new voice, Lambert is a new voice, a couple of others. When you've been together for so long as a core group, is that beneficial to, to just be able to lean on some, some other voices that haven't been in this room before? Definitely, yeah. Um, I think new ideas are always good. Um, I think as a player, as a, as a team, you're always uh, looking for new things. that you, You're looking to get better and um I think it's great to have some some different input uh, from from other guys that've been in in different teams, uh, been in the league for a long time, and, um, and coaches too that have been in other places. I think it's uh, it's only beneficial for the team. Roman Yossi on the program yesterday. We were at Centennial Sportsplex, and the captain was nice enough to sit down at the table and hang out with us before. He headed out as the Predators get geared up for their season opener. Remember, first four games at home this year at Bridgestone Arena. Tomorrow night against the Wild, Saturday night against Detroit, and then Tuesday and Thursday next week will be San Jose and Washington. So, Pretty good way to start the season with those yeah, four. A couple Eastern Conference teams, a couple Western Conference teams. And it all starts at home, where last year, actually the last couple of years, right, they've started on the road. Last yeah. year, last up, in year New York, up in New York. A little double dip up in New York. Oh, that's right. The year before was uh, Boston, Boston and, and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That didn't go very well, well Boston Pittsburgh. No, you're right. Last year, they have to do a very good start. Remember, they won their first eight road games, and they were 13-3 and three to start the season. So, it, you know, it's really interesting how year in and year out, there's really no correlation to fast start, yeah. the schedule. Because uh, they went 0-2 to start the year that they won the President's Trophy, right? Mm-hmm. St. Louis certainly. And they were, about, they were staring at 0-3. Start. Remember, that was the, the home opener was Philadelphia when they were down and Philadelphia gave up a goal and then challenged the offside that was wrong at the – Predators got a power play, so they scored like a five on yeah, that was banner a six night, right? on three, six on four. No, that, that was that was going no, into no, no, no. that was uh, that coach is no longer there. <laughs> right, Dave Haxtall. Haxtall was it is banner? No longer. Right. Was banner I guess night. I was raising the was uh, the was Western it? Conference. 
Yeah. Banner. Yeah. Okay. That was Yossi's first. Well, yeah. and Yossi wasn't even playing. He was hurt. That's right. Yep. But that would would have been his first game as at home as the captain. So right. last year, Tampa got off to a really good start. They also had a really good middle of the season <laughs> and then had a really good end of the season. They had no lulls. But then they Until had a the lull in the playoffs. Yeah. It's, St. That, Louis was the maddening. worst team in hockey. New Year's Eve, everybody's going, Happy New Year. Hey, pew, 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 2019. Oh, the Blues are the worst team in hockey. They fired Mike Yo. They said, you're out. Yeah, that was and a little bit earlier. That they was did in that in November, right? Yeah. 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 And then the next thing you know, so you're right. There is no trend. It isn't. It, it, but this the game only is trend that crazy. we know is just get in. And we've right. always heard, but it truly is. It is the sport where it's just get in. Don't forget about the practice fight either, which Robert <laughs> Portuzo won. <laughs> this is true. You never know what the – and then there was, of course, Gloria in the, in the sports bar. Nah, that I turned never, into the I whole never thing. want to hear that song. Again. What, <laughs> we're going to take a break from Gloria. What about right? last year coming out of the Christmas break? The first game. Remember, you can't. Tra- you can't. Tra- you have to travel like preseason. You go yeah. day yeah. of. Day of. Dallas Stars have a morning skate. They're coming to Nashville Christmas break, and their coach is going nuts. And all of a sudden, we're sitting here on the air. We're reading. I don't think you guys are ready to. I don't think you guys yeah. are ready to play. I don't. Even, I'm not sure we should even go to Nashville. This, this, you guys aren't even ready to play. Like, what were you doing during the break? And I'm like, geez, we. They just. Had Christmas. Everybody's right. went on a break. What is going on? Mood. It was like, Dallas looks like they're kind of a, a wreck, a mess right now. And, you know, we know what happened. They came in here. Did they, did they pitch a shutout? With the yeah. backup in, too. Yes. yes. And then, you know, obviously Anton Dallas Huboden. thinks. And they were not playing well. Remember the whole thing with the president? I mean, it's like, right. it was like, man, the stars look like they are a wreck, a hot mess right now. Got the their stars, pardon the pun, getting called out by the front office. Like, where are these guys? We're paying them all this money. Where are they? They're not helping us. And it's like, boy, Dallas looks like Toronto. They're going to go away here soon. This doesn't look very good. And then they kick it in gear. Yeah. You you have led me right into my point. Right of what there. I, was I say. led you right to you the, led me right to the there. trough. Drink it up because we're all excited. <laughs> <laughs> we're all excited. <laughs> About this season in the first four games, but I think it's safe to say you can't really learn anything. And, and I know a lot of you're know, like, okay, what's the power play? It, it was good in the right. preseason. Can they can they do it in the regular season? Now look, if if they go over in four games, okay, maybe there's going to be a nervous. lot of people going, what you know? But you have to understand that it's it's going to take a little time to get everything on yeah. on the same page and get everything going. Does this not sound like me in the preseason yeah. for the Titans? I mean, what, who was are you? Did, yeah, did we Willis. switch what roles? in the world? Where's your whistle? I was all there. over you in the in the Titans preseason are saying you this very for thing. Coach Willie's job? Or maybe I'm just maybe. maybe I've just taught. Maybe I've just maybe. taught. Maybe. Maybe I'm learning. Yeah, yeah, look here. over his, your shoulder. He may be gunning for Coach yeah. Willie's job. Well, somebody but has to be an assistant coach. I think he wants to be the head coach. But but look, I got to be the interim when he's on the road. <laughs> so, wow! Somebody's got to call the plays around here. But it, it is you bring up something though that definitely will be a thing if they go in this home stand and don't score a power play goal. And you know, knock. On, hopefully, this does not happen. I because I really do believe that the power play is going to be a weapon. Oh, I th- do too. this year. I, I think, think it's much better. And I think much, people much people in the big picture probably don't realize if you look year to year, there can be. There, there's not usually a team that is last every year in the power play, first every year in the power play. The power play can fluctuate your success rate year in and year out. 
So it was kind of extreme last year. Everything went wrong. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. It is a new new year. These guys have all had big success on the power play throughout their careers. A lot of these, there's enough weapons there to do that. But if they go over over ten to start the year, I mean, people are going to be moaning and groaning, aren't they? I, I would. Of oh yeah, of course they are. That. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be that. yeah. When so I, let's just hope they don't. Like just for their own mental sake, somebody just bounce one off somebody's ankle or something and go in the first night just so <laughs> or nobody just gets... go off a, a shield, you know, a visor or a visor. You yeah, just plop yeah. one off a visor. When that, that's already happened, was that Ekholm that got it off the yep, visor? Off the visor. You know, Nothing you guys know I like I I like these new T-shirts, right? Because you know, I wear them sometimes. These I, I like these creative T-shirts. Are you know, homage five hundred level. These different yeah. companies that come up with these. These are, I'm looking at one right now. This is pretty cool. I'll show you guys. Look at that. Look at this Predators one. Just just plain filthy. Get it? Uh, I like Get that. it. Good. That's good. Get yeah, it? Yeah. It's creative. When I was doing uh, Preds Insiders on Monday night during the 6 o'clock hour with Ryan Porth, we were discussing some of the Adam Vinkins, you know, bold predictions. The sizzling takes. The sizzling takes. And we, I think the we roof got of my the, mouth is still burnt from those si- really? sizzling takes. Yeah. yeah. You well, know how you get that? He was willing two, to go the pizza out too there quick? and give a, his sizzling take and say, Forsberg is going to get 40 this year. Anybody else willing <laughs> to jump out there? And I, say, well, I know we discussed I didn't, it. I didn't do it. I, I, I said no. Yeah, me too. Because I just think everything has to go right. But remember this. In this, the way that they are trying to push the game with speed, the rule changes. For example, there's some subtle rule changes this year that they put in there. Just to try to help the offense a little bit. You know, if you shoot the puck in, if, if the goalie freezes the puck from beyond the, the red line, the other team can't – you can't change your defenders. You have to keep the defi- – kind of like icing. You know, the offensive team and the power play can start on which side they want to start on. Just little things that will try to create that little extra offense. Goal scoring was up last year. Remember, the, the highest it's been in a long, long time, six goals per game. So the, the conditions are better to get 40 goals than they were five, six, seven years ago. So this is supposed to be a sizzling take, right? <laughs> If you want it to be. Yeah. That's okay. what we were discussing. Not only will Philip Forsberg score 40 goals, but so will Victor Arvidsson. I think they both hit 40. Oh, man. Wow. Now, that's scissors. That's scissors. Save, that's save a five, that audio. Save it. Save it. That's a five that fire that's, thing. That's a, that's a lot of fire. You're either going to you're gonna get praised a lot or you're going to get, you know. I am prepared for either. Yeah. yeah. Or, uh, or the alternative. Uh, looks like the lines from yesterday are the same today. Smith, Johansson, Arvidsson, Forsberg, Deshane, Grimlin, Grimaldi, Turris, Yarn Croak, Sissons, Benino, Watson. Hmm. So Th- that means, lines. by the way, that could come from, you know, I'll, I know things change, but that could be two lines. That could be coming from two lines, just so you know. Yeah. Right. What you just said, that could be coming from two Which lines. Which is kind of how you want it. Draw it up, say, right? It probably would have to be that way. But well, think about power play, right? If the power play's better, those guys could – each bolster your goal scoring from the because think about Arvidsson last year was virtually I, I, he didn't have very many power play goals not very many no not that no. anybody did no, he's, but he's, he's, he's he only have like twenty <laughs> didn't he only have like twenty two points or something on the on the power play oh yeah a lot less than that I or think. less than that yeah oh 
Definitely. Or maybe that's career. I heard that this morning. I didn't. I guess I didn't. Didn't he have? I mean, shorthanded goal. Didn't he have? Like, he gets those breakaways. He's really good shorthanded. Oh, he's yeah. he's very good shorthanded. Really good I, okay, shorthanded. look, it's a bold statement. What I just said. That's quite but bold. I'm not. I'm not completely off base to think that. Well, it's. One could it happen? Of course. Because now that you have, but, Duchesne, but you have, have two play, number one centers. Both have to play full seasons. Yeah. Period. That's a big part. Like, of it. And you can't control that. Yeah, I understand that. But you, you have to have full season. Now Arvidsson tried to do it without playing a full well, season. He tried. He certainly <laughs> tried. And he, by the way, he missed. He didn't miss one or two games. No. Okay. We all know it's well documented. But a lot of things have to go right. Is it? Is it crazy to think that? No, it's not crazy. But also, a lot of things have to go right. Yeah. And, and quite honestly, if that happens, they're raising another banner because it's going to be three division titles, three divi- uh, divisions that they've won. Because if they if that happens, they will they win might the raise division, more than that, and they'll be the number one seed in the West because they'll be scoring a ton of goals over the last yeah. three years. Where Arvidsson has averaged over over thirty goals a year, thirty four last year. Over the last three years, he has ten power play goals and ten shorthanded goals. Yeah. So he's got just as many shorthanded as power play. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna come back and start off the second hour with uh, we're gonna we're gonna it's gonna be a hockey question. I get it, albeit, but this is for WWE tickets. It doesn't have to be a wrestling question to give away WWE tickets. Hey, you can like both. Chase likes both. He wears tights on Monday nights, but he loves yep. he works he's in a suit on Tuesday night. Okay, so you can like both. But load up the lines because we're going to get multiple people involved, okay? We're going to go down the list and let you – because there's six answers. If you get a correct answer, you get to stay alive. Incorrect answer, you go away. So it's like elimination. So it's elimination. I like it. 737-1025. 737-1025. Loser leaves town. Also Winner, a good wrestling reference. Yeah. Winner gets to go to WWE at Bridgestone Arena on December 2nd. So load up the lines. We'll come back and give away some tickets, but you're going to have to get involved with a question to kick off the second hour. Next on ESPN 1025 The Game.